Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I'm with Boomer. Well, I'd just like to welcome everybody to the Go Big Redcast, which, according to uh, ESPN Metrics, has a 2.9% chance of succeeding this week on the podcast. So, that's <laughs> uh, better than nothing. Uh, also, with Redcast Rob. Well, after some uh, careful consideration and, um, you know, a little bit of a thought put into it. I believe that I just, you know, I think today there's going to be a huge announcement on the red test. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, you know, everyone just get prepared. It's, it's going to happen. We'll let Something you know. Crazy is going to happen on the show, huh? Yeah. yeah. All right. Maybe hockey will do a live report from Pinnacle bank arena as he's watching Nebraska play the main black bears. Would you say he's <laughs> at the main event? Ah, uh, yes. So we are missing a hockey oh, I wouldn't tonight. be saying that, Rob. Yeah. No, it was horrible, Rob. It was, <laughs> that was you, awful. Thank you. Um, yeah, Honky is uh, watching uh, the first game of the Nebraska basketball season. That's awesome. When he's over there with our our uh, friend Schlitz, and um, hopefully they're going to get a victory. It's a little tighter than expected, but it looks like they're up by uh, around 9 or 10 right now, Boomer, I believe. Uh, so 14 right yeah, now. Yeah, they pulled away. It's 73 to 59 my last look. So they yeah. it, Main there for a bit, but yeah. All right, all right. Well, that's good to hear. But um, so you know, we'll uh, uh, take a, a deep dive a little bit on the um, the happenings of last Thursday. Rob referenced uh, a crazy day here on the on the show, but it was really last Thursday. It was crazy for all of Husker Nation as um, you know, debate of a potential uh, coaching announcement uh, came and went. And um, then we uh, played a game on Saturday, 48 hours after that, and it looked like we might get a victory and, and not. And now we have to turn our attention to, to Michigan. Boomer, um, what was your take? Thursday was a weird day. Um, there was uh, just a lot of innuendo begin the, the day, and uh, everybody thought something was happening. I, I didn't understand why everybody thought was something was happening, but sure enough, it was. But then it just kind of never happened. Yeah, it was definitely an odd day. There was lots of, you know, vague vagueness on Twitter. You know, some of it was media's, you know, local media types. I don't know if they were intentionally insinuating something with this or if it was just random tweets that other people took off or and ran with. But it was uh, there definitely seemed to be something going on. I, I think there was enough people, at least in positions to have some more inner sources to to kind of say something was up to now, whether I, it certainly wasn't a full, you know, onboard regents meeting to, to determine. Right. Not possible that it was a, a full on. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it, it certainly sounded like there was some kind of uh, something happened, I think, you know, whether it's right. they met with something they met with, 
you know, potential candidate or Trev met with a regent or two or, you know, wanted to bounce ideas. Right. I mean, they, someone, or they came to Trev, whatever it was. Yeah. Right. Right. There was, there was some manner of, of, of fire there to provide a little bit of smoke. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rob. Um, yeah, it was kind of weird. Um, you know, I was hearing things. Um, I was being told things. Were there voices um, in your head, Rob? There were voices in my head for sure. Um, there was people texting, there was people calling, there was a lot of different stuff going on, I guess you could say in the background. Um, but there was a lot of uncertain uncertainty as well. So I never wanted to say that to go hundred percent all in on anything. I think I even stayed off of Twitter and, and any of those conversations because who knew probably um, for the I, best. I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, yeah, the, the, the regions were meeting and it was, you know, it was a special meeting and all that. But I think Damon Betting did a really good job of kind of like explaining to everyone what could be happening, what was probably happening, what might be happening and, and kind of throwing some water on that fire, you know, a big old bucket on it. Um, so Rob, I didn't follow a Damon. Oh, you didn't uh, see it. So that, he did a quick day, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. He did like, I th- he's calling it something bites or something. I, I it's like a little mini podcast he's doing on a daily yeah. basis. He's part yeah. of the, the herd app and, network. And now, he right? basically just came on and said, yo, cool your jets. There's a lot, a million different reasons. These people could be getting together. Um, not even all of them are going to be there. Um, while, you know, yes, it's, you know, could be exciting, etc. Like, you know, don't, don't get your hopes up. They're probably not going to announce a coach today. I mean, essentially right, what he right. said. And and generally speaking, he knows things more than others, um, especially in, from a media standpoint, you know, and and I I tend to trust him and his and his sources, whether, you know, you know, he's like hinting at stuff or just being really direct about it. You know, he, he sure, tends to be sure. spot on. So. Yeah, no, it's, I get it. I was just listening to uh, sports radio today, and I mean, like, it feels like every show is taking their own own position, right? Like, some of them are like, this, this seems like it's trending Mickey's way, and others are like, Mickey's completely out of the conversation and everything in between, right? But I I, I heard uh, Mitch Sherman, actually, from The Athletic on Unsportsmanlike Conduct, and I mean, I, he kind of laid out that same scenario. He's like, look, something probably was happening, but, you know, that – the fact that Treb maybe had some individual conversations or was meeting with a few of the regions, right? Maybe verbally vetting someone, right? Maybe there's been conversations moving forward with, with a candidate and someone catches wind of that. And then it's a game of telephone, right? And I mean, everybody just runs with it. And, and Boomer, I think this is a classic example of like when there's a lack of information and, and intentionally a lack of transparency in a, a process like this, uh, you create a vacuum. Right. And then right. when when there's just a sucking noise because people are just going to fill that void up. Right. You know, and and this is it's almost opposite. It's the same principle, the opposite of what Trev said at the presser, actually, when when he um, announced the firing of Scott Frost. Like you're going to hear rumors that I talked to so and so. Well, it's the same thing when when you're not hearing anything, people are just going to presume stuff. Right. This like this whole regions thing. Right. They're just going to create something out of nothing. Yeah, I mean that's just basic human psychology. Yeah, you know you pin that that if we don't have information, we're gonna we're gonna fill it in. That's just what people do. If you don't, if there's a gap in what what we know and what we want to know, we're gonna come up with something to fill that gap. So, and that's what people do. And you know that's something we talked about when it came to you know press conferences back in the day. If you don't give them some information out to the crowd, people are gonna come up with their own thing. And and that's what happened here. And and part of it also, I think, is just this has been a long coaching search. I mean, it, God, it feels like. But we knew that was going to be the case. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's unless we, it was you know it is, it's or someone who doesn't have a job, it was going to be a long coaching search. Yeah, and and again, that's going to come with it. It's just a very long coaching search, and people at some point get tired of waiting. You know, even though we knew it was going to take this long, but yeah, you know, today's society where you know you tweet once and it's around the world and eighty five thousand times with eight billion responses, you know, yeah. we're more trained than ever to want a little more instantaneous information and, and less patience for what it's worth. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and, and that's just human nature. So, you know, Trev said he was going to handle it this way and so far he has now, whether it's for the best or not, well, I guess we'll find out. So, yeah, you know, it's intriguing. I mean, this, the idea like, okay. So like the initial batch of names, Lance Leipold, um, Dave Aranda, Bill O'Brien, uh, several others um, aren't being bantered around as much. Now we have a new batch of names, right? Now it, now it's uh, Gary Patterson and uh, Jeff Munkin, not Todd Munkin, but Jeff Munkin. Um, Dave O'Brien's still on that list. I think rules and all these type of things. And it's saying, oh, rule, rules are going to sit out and everybody's speaking like they know stuff. And the reality is they don't know anything. Right. Absolutely. No, why do you think we did a 48 team coaching draft? I mean, or, you know, it could mean, still be Lane like, Kiffin for all we know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's my point, I guess, is like people are saying, like, obviously, you know, they struck out with, with all these names that were were given to us initially. And I'm like, just because Bruce Feldman threw out a list of names and now it sounds like those names aren't being repeated. Suddenly those names are off the board means nothing to me. Right. I mean, like no, no discredit to Bruce Feldman, but I don't think he knows either guys. I just really don't think so. And so, uh, you know, the actual list that Trev is working on, I don't know if any media member knows the entire list and that's not going to how it's going to work. It reminds me of like the USC coaching search last year, right? Everybody's like James Franklin's going to USC and all this type of stuff. I don't know what other names got thrown out there. Um, and it was a really long coaching search, Boomer, right? Almost similar to this. I don't know how long Clay Helton got fired really early. And lo and behold, they get Lincoln Riley. So I, I want to have everybody, I'm not Mr. Positivity on this show typically, but I just everybody needs to cool their jets on saying like, oh, we're going to, we're going to get Mickey because he's the only person who will take this job. And, and they're saying that Trev won't pay him enough money or all this type of stuff. It's like, are you kidding me? Just settle down. And we've got three more weeks to get. Right. Well, do we add Frank Reich to the conversation now too? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, did, now uh, Rob, did, did Reich lead the greatest comeback in NFL playoff history? Um, I believe he did. Oh yeah, yeah. against uh, against the Buffalo Bills versus um, well yeah the Buffalo Bills versus God I watched that game live Houston too. Oilers wasn't it uh, versus the Houston Oilers Houston yeah Oilers it was the right. Houston Oilers yeah. yeah and they were up like they were down like thirty five to ten at, at half or something like that and ended up coming back and winning it like forty nine to forty two or something like that was that right I was yeah. in San Diego my freshman year of college over the Christmas break watching that game. I, I remember yeah. exactly where I was because my buddy Nick Martinez was still sleeping. Ah, uh, um, yes, I like, wanted to hear about Nick yeah. Martinez. So that's I just, true. I just remember. Sorry, it's my, it's the way that I remember that's certain right. things. Like that's fair. Um, 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Vegas Jared just made fun of me saying that we're going to get Lincoln Riley. I, I didn't say that, but my point is still taken on that one, Vegas Jared, <laughs> in the sense of like, look at LSU. LSU fired Coach O, what, midseason again last year? Yeah, and that bad, bad coaches. Oh, my God. Who's LSU going to get? No, they overplayed their hand and blah, blah, blah. And then they go get Brian Kelly, right? I'm not saying either one of those are happening, but the idea that's an extended coaching surge where the, you know, the, our first batch of names already been passed over because we've been turned down is just ludicrous to me. It, some of it or may have it, all of it will happen, but you got to let it play out and um, maybe you get a better name, right? I mean, how many times, like um, you when USC hired uh, a Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll was like the ninth guy on their list. Turned out okay, right? Um, so as long as you have a deep pool of candidates, you still might have a, a really good, really good hire. Yeah, I mean, on on the other hand, too, I mean, it, it, it's as long as the new coach we have makes silly TikTok videos with the players and beats Alabama, I think we're going to be just fine. <laughs> and he has to talk in a Nebraska accent at various times, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, talking about cornfields and whatnot, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what a Nebraska accent is quite, really, because I don't think I've ever heard it. Now, if you're well, from Colorado, you don't pronounce your T's. I know that. So, you know, it's mountain or, you know. Down. There's a lot of telemarketers in Nebraska because we have a kind of a lack of a, a strong accent. Typically yeah. Speaking, so. yeah. You could say um, it's like middle of the country accent. Boomer, uh, the Gary Patterson rumor is, is interesting to add into his name. You know, a lot of people discredit that. And they're like, oh, man, Gary Patterson, he's past his prime. Uh, TCU was, was tanking it. And now they're they're really good with the coaching change. Uh, I think Patterson is 62. He's got a statue outside of that stadium there in Fort Worth. Was there for 20 years. Defensive guy who, um, you know, offensively runs the RPO. Um, at, by all accounts, sounds like he's still interested in coaching and still has energy to do it. And um, and maybe he needed a, a, a change, right? You know, I mean, like is this idea that you're 62 and all washed up. Um, you know, again, I, I think there's a, a lot of um hogwash to that type of stuff i don't know i mean i mean you don't need gary patterson to be here for two decades uh you need him here for five to seven years i don't know maybe i don't know yeah he's a possibility i mean he was at tcu for what about 21 years or something like that yeah, I mean, a long, long time. time so yeah and, and i know he, you know the rumor was he'd always had interest in being here prior you know that the, the yeah. rumor was he interviewed when Pelini was hired you know and really wanted yeah. the job um, so, you know, there has been interest in the past and he's been a successful coach and shown he can, you know, do a lot with a, you know, traditionally lower tier program and hell they were, were they in the whack when he started there or conference USA? I mean, he helped yeah, he maybe whack the mountain, mountain West. Uh, he yeah, like they've been in around. a lot of different conferences and then yeah. heck he's brought him into, you know, he left him in enough, good enough shape to be playoff contenders this year. I this mean, year, exactly. Yeah, it's even not in 2014, like that. they probably yeah. legit could have been a, a title yeah. team. You know, yeah, the Rose Bowl, I mean, good grief. They've been, so it's there. Again, course, he wouldn't be, you know. you know, like you said, he wouldn't get another 20 years out of him. He might be the guy that, you know, 
rights the ship a little bit and kind of steadies everything and gets us on a trajectory in about five or six years and he can quietly retire and pass it on to somebody else. I don't know. Certain possibility. Yeah. Or in the opposite, like Bill O'Brien's a name that's still been floating out there and I have no reason why it, people are, you know, down on, on that idea. He, he may not be a, a long time solution either. He may want to get back to the NFL, but if you'd give us three to five years of uh, some eight or nine wins and, and get the thing back on course, um, it, you know, we gotta gotta be able to be realistic on, on maybe we don't have a, a a hire here that's gonna be you know a twenty year solution. It might be a, a five to seven year solution. Josh McDaniels should be available soon, so you know we should maybe <laughs> add him to the list. Too. Uh, yeah, I I don't I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I've been thinking a lot about the whole. Does they have to have power five experience and, and all that type of stuff? And, um, you know, there's a lot of examples out there of that, that not being the case, obviously, even internal to our previous coaches. But, you know, obviously, Kirby Smart wasn't a head coach before he took over Georgia. Dan Lanning is now in Oregon, got blown out in that first game by Georgia. Ever since, Oregon's looked pretty good. Um, lots of other good examples of first time power five coaches. Uh, may not be the perfect situation for that, but um, we'll see. Wouldn't that be something if Oregon made the playoff and Alabama didn't? <laughs> it's quite possible, right? Yeah. It's not in the realm of possibility this season, yeah. No, yeah. yeah. Oregon looks good. All right. Hey, Dave. Well, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I was I was gonna um I was gonna ask though, is and, and one last question because I it's been asked a couple times already too. Is it if they are gonna hire Mickey, do you think it's better to do it sooner than later at this point? Like maybe before I, the I Iowa that. week or something, like you know, there was a question. Yeah, like yeah. That. So I'll um, well, well, a Rob, get ready to do the sponsors because mm-hmm. I know we're a little oh, late yeah. on that, but okay. we'll make sure we do that. And I think you know, we have this as a mailbag bag show. I believe that came from Huster Nut. I think had that similar question, right? It was like, you know, if it was going to be Mickey, would it already have been done? Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what what you gain from doing it per se, especially after losing three games. Um, I don't know what you would have gained from doing it last Thursday when you had just lost two and you had four games in front of you and the odds of you winning one of those was relatively low. So now it, it looks really grim. So I, I don't know what you gain from it. Um, I don't need all, to be honest I, with I, you. Um, and I, I think, I guess I would answer that in total by saying I'll stand by the idea that Trev should have a set criteria and, and an evaluation process checks the boxes to was his term i mean and yeah. yeah you know check the boxes and and look i mean some of that would be how how well he mickey could do during this season right good or bad of it and um you know let it play out you know he's got three more games to show that he's head coaching material and we can talk a little bit about maybe his decision to to let whipple stick with uh chubber purdy is is something that doesn't fare in his favor right i don't know mm-hmm. yeah yeah. All right, Rob, yeah. let's, uh, let's do those sponsors. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, first I, I want to remind everyone that in a couple weeks here um, on November 18th, uh, the go big red cast is going to be doing a live show at the Hill varsity club. We are going to be starting at 6 PM uh, two hours, free entry, all ages. Um, you can reserve a table. Now you can go to the Hill varsity club website, or you can find them on Twitter or Facebook, any of those places. And there's a link there that you can reserve your table. We might have a couple of guests show up. So that would be pretty neat. Um, you know, still out, out there, 
uh, waiting to hear back from some people. But otherwise, you can just hear me and Honky, maybe Boomer. I have no idea what Boomer's doing that day. Um, and uh, I think Mac is going to join us. Whoa. And, nice. Yeah, I know. And, and uh, you know, my son is actually coming out. And it's funny because... And, and and this is relevant, Dave, but he's coming out. It's his first Nebraska game ever. It's awesome. his first football game other than the Northern Colorado games that we go to up the street. Um, but it's his first like real big football game in a giant stadium. And and he's really excited just to be able to sit there in the crowd and watch his dad do his thing. I mean, my six-year-old daughter told her entire class the other day that my job was the Red Cast. So I, <laughs> I, I'd like to talk to you guys a little bit more about my salary, please. All right. Um, next up is the Hail Varsity. Don't, don't forget, you can uh, go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter promo code REDCAST for $10 off your subscription. Uh, the new magazine just came out here recently. And, uh, well, yeah. Anyway, it's uh, whew, some old stuff in there that we just don't need to talk about anymore. All uh, right. But it is some great articles. I just, you know, I mean, it's some stuff about the old coats. There's some stuff about volleyball. And there's always good articles written there by Aaron Sorensen and Cruz. So definitely Very worth cool. picking up. $10 off your first year subscription. Also, Alumni Hall, two locations in Lincoln, one downtown, one in South Point Pavilions. Uh, you can go to alumnihall.com slash Nebraska dash Cornhuskers. And, uh, you know, you can pick up some pretty cool stuff there, like the Hawaiian shirt that I'm wearing there. And uh, they've got all of the licensed Adidas apparel there as well. So mm -hmm. Alumni Hall, check them out. And then our good friends over at Smack and Smooch. Um, Shane and Laura, they make all of the Redcast branded stuff. And if you're looking for some branded things for your company or for your family um, reunion or your high school reunion, or if you're just looking to make a silly uh, Husker t-shirt, you know, like uh, hashtag war daddy up. I wore this shirt last Saturday and now I'm going to have to burn it. But I mean, that's only because I can't wear the same shirt. I'm running out of Husker shirts because we keep losing. So I, need I gave to find up that with that tradition, shirt. Rob. You, you know, yeah. I'm trying, Dave, and it, it's hard. So, you know, and um, I guess, you know, so check them out. Follow them on Facebook or on Twitter. Send them a direct message and, uh, you know, order all of your apparel there. And again, I just want to let you guys know that I'm really pulling for Matt Rule. Because again, we might be able to make some extra money with the Redcast by doing some appearances with Honky, and and uh, I think that the, it would be a great thing to do. <laughs> it's an uncanny likeness, really. I mean, it really it's, it's, is. I mean, it's uh, it, it's something else, man. Like, I mean, in it, fact, wasn't Rule spotted at the uh, at the game? He was. I, he I, was I, actually I, I, tonight. Look at that. He's yeah, there's the Rule in the background right, right there. there. Yeah, obviously, you can see him in the background. He's wearing a Husker hat and everything. So yeah, <laughs> looks very enthusiastic to be in Lincoln. Very. Well, I mean, they did win tonight. They're, the Huskers are one and zero. Rank them. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, Back I'm gonna right, tweet that right. now and get some angry people at me telling me I need to hold my horses because nobody gets sarcasm. So. All right. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and put our uh, scarlet colored glasses on and, and talk all things Husker football and uh, do a, a quick breakdown of what we saw on Saturday. Then we'll open it up to the mailbag. Uh, Boomer, uh, you know, starts off great. Uh, 10 a.m. kickoff for me, 11 there in in, in Lincoln uh, score on the first drive. Scripted plagues look great uh, running the ball, even QB runs. Uh, second drive results in a field goal. We're up 10-0. Defense is playing lights out. 
Golden Gophers have negative rushing yards, including Mo Ibrahim in the first half. Uh, last play of the, the half, even some questionable clock management there. We uh, uh, t- uh, Ty Robinson uh, sacks Tanner Morgan and um, open up the second half. Minnesota has a backup quarterback who uh, looks much better, actually. And suddenly Mo Ibrahim looks much better and everything kind of falls apart. And we have, I think, what, six straight series, six or seven three yeah. and outs or, yeah. or turnover series. Just, yeah, uh, that's, I think it was crazy, huh? yeah. six straight three and outs or turnovers. And yeah, that's not good. I mean, it, you know, it was just kind of this entire season again in a microcosm where the first scripted series looks great. And it seems like we're going to be world beaters and can't be stopped. And then everything just evaporates. I, it's almost difficult to, to explain at this point why this happens, you know, week in and week out against a lot of these teams. It just, the scripted plays work and then something switches at some point in the game and the offense just doesn't seem to be able to, to, to pick it back up. Um, you know, listen to a little bit of the post game, you know, presser from Fleck or well, just his comments on it. And he had mentioned that, you know, they're, they had to throw out their defensive plan, you know, one, they weren't entirely sure who to prep for since there was a possibility of three quarterbacks. And he said, Apparently, what what they were planning for is and what we were running those first couple series, yeah. and then as soon as we ran the ball, <laughs> yeah, we ran the ball and we did some other stuff. And he said they're you know he was talking with the DCF up above, and they he just said, oh, let's throw out our defensive plan and do something else. And then whatever else they did, either forced us to do or had us do different things, or we went away and did. They different likely things, brought up it, the safeties. Yeah, I haven't really looked at the film much, but I mean they did to they stop did. the run, right? Because yeah. I mean obviously we weren't going to throw over them, and, and sure enough, I mean that kind of works. Boomer, yeah, I think totally changed uh, the tenor of the game. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, Vegas Jer um, asked this question. I'll uh, um, paraphrase it a little bit, but he uh, said, "Obviously, we are amazing on our first drive when it's scripted, and I know you cannot do this every game, but." Could you one game just say these are our scripted plays on the first drive, and if we get the ball the second half, we're going to use the exact same script? He says, I guess I just don't understand why we don't run some of the exact same plays that work so well on that first drive. Any thoughts on that? Well, I think some of it does come down to, you know, the defense reacting to what we did in those first drives. It works, and they make a change, and then for whatever reason we don't – adjust the offense to adjust to their adjustments or we don't have the personnel or the or the plays in to attack what they do. So and, right. and that seems to have been the case. I mean how many how many times have we scored in the first drive in a game this year? It's been a lot. Or at least yeah, the yeah, first drive yeah. in the game the first drive good the at it too. Half. I don't, yeah, I don't been, know it's what... been quite a bit and then a lot of it's just kind of sputtered, you know, in other games after that. It's just kind of bizarre. But there seems to be just some difficulty reacting in game, whether it's just we don't have the plays ready or we just don't have the talent to run what they want to run. And they're just trying to force it. I don't know. So it's just kind of a mystery at this point. You know, Rob, it, it's interesting in the sense of, so obviously they practice those 12 to 15 or so scripted plays a lot more. You have more reps, at least your, your QB one does. Um, and, and the rest of your starting offensive uh, team on those, those plays. Now, as we know with, with Coach Osborne, he would have had four stations running the exact same thing. So everybody would have that experience and you're getting more reps and and we don't do that here. And a lot of other places don't. So it's not, not say that we're unusual by mainly having one station practice essentially. But 
um, it does seem like they are very good at executing those first 15 plays or so. Um, and then, and then we can't replicate that more organically as the, the game goes on. My, my question, I guess, maybe to, to you is, is like in the NFL, that would make sense that you can't run the same play twice because I mean, like they've seen so much film and those guys are so well prepared. You're going to, you're, you're going to get them once and you're not going to get them again. But in college, it feels like to me, like, you know, you, you run the same play, maybe out of a different formation. Again, a reference to what Tia would used to do. You run the exact same play out of a different formation and, and it creates success. Well, why can't you run to Jared's point? Why can't you run the, at least a few of the same plays that were so successful in the first 15 again, you know, they, they just don't go back to them. Well, Dave, you're right. In the NFL, a lot of times that they, they also will run plays to set other teams up so that they can run certain plays later in the game. Right. So like sure. they may Frost would do that too. Yeah. You can tell the show. Yeah. And, and what blows my mind here is that our run game was working really well. And I don't recall at any point, Minnesota actually stopping it. What I recall was like, all of a sudden we went from like running the ball, running the ball. And then all of a sudden we went like pass, pass, pass three and out. And then the next, and the next series pass on first down, try to run it on second down I, it, it was, it, it was mind blowing because it just felt like we, we almost got scared. Like, Oh my God, what if they, this is working. Like we can't, you know, what if they catch on? What if they catch on? We better change it. Rob, you had one of the, one of your best tweets based off of that, man. I, you know, and, and it's true. I've, I've, I honestly, I, Dave, you and I, I know we give each other a lot of crap, but you know, I've been watching football my entire life. I, I did not play admittedly, but I've been watching it long enough to like have seen a lot of things on the football field. And I can say that I honestly cannot recall the last time that I have seen a coach single-handedly just like change the entire game plan based on success. I mean, like they changed it. He changed it. It was almost like he was scared that they were going to catch on that on what he was doing so well. So he like flipped the script right away. And not only that, but I don't know, man, like Purdy, it would be great to see him run the ball. There was a couple of plays where he did run the ball where like, where like he realized like, Oh God, my guys are covered. And he took off down the field. I think he had like a 15 or 20 yard run at one point. Um, And and it was great. And I was like, Oh my God, we're going to win this game. Like, this is exactly what we needed. This is the life we needed. And then the very next series, they just went pass, pass, pass. And it was I don't know, man. I I think flabbergasted would be the perfect word for me to use because I really don't have an explanation. I I really, at at some points at this now, this point in the season, I'm almost tired of talking about it. Yeah. I I was curious. So I just thought I'd kind of look up how our uh, drives were in that first half after we, you know, after 10 points, our first drive that stalled started with a grant run for six yards, two pretty passes, then a sack grant ran incomplete pass punt. Next one was a penalty. Ramir Johnson making an appearance off the milk carton for one yard. <laughs> Another sack, pass, complete punt. And then the next try was Grant had two runs, then an incomplete pass and a punt. So I'm, there was some Grant in there, I suppose more than I remember. But yeah, it seemed a lot of it was yeah. we would take a sack and get way behind, and then yeah, I, I kind of forced I, it. I, I think yeah. So I think that might be the big it, problem. Yeah, yeah, I heard it on the on one of the radio shows. Um, broke it down and like uh, essentially we were around 65 percent run the first two drives and then the six or seven in the middle where we didn't do anything it was about 50 50 
and then we were back to 65% with Logan at the end of the game. And um, that was successful again. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's hard to figure. So in regards to Mickey Joseph and this decision to just stick with Chubba Purdy, it feels like it, this is an odd, odd thing to me. And this is like, I keep on hearing everyone say, like, Mickey wants the job. Mickey wants the job. Um, and he was decisive with things like firing chins and, and making other changes in his staff. But he doesn't feel like he's can can tell Whipple, like, look, I mean, I, I, I need to win this game. Run the ball so we can get this game as a W because of right because he, he he's got to be like if he's really trying to win why is he not telling his OC to adjust a game plan to res, that results in success I, I don't I don't buy it right I don't get it it doesn't make any sense yeah I mean it makes you wonder like who is who's running the team I guess you know I mean it's and you know is Whipple just that stubborn you know what I mean like maybe he's like yeah 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 okay whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, they obviously decided to run the ball the first 15 plays, the two yeah. first drives. Yeah, yeah. You know, so he was willing to do that, but then afterwards, forget about it, right? Yeah. And then the idea that, I mean, Logan does seem like he is more comfortable right now. Chubba might be a great quarterback in the future, but for whatever reason, he doesn't feel comfortable in his offense. This is a guy who started at Florida State, and I think, Boomer, you could look at the stats. I think he actually had a decent game that day. Um and he just doesn't look comfortable out there for whatever reasons. And Logan looks more comfortable and everybody can see that. And, it, but the coaching staff, uh, you know, waited till the fourth quarter essentially to, to really turn to, to Logan Smothers. It's, it's befuddling. Is he going to start this week? You think? I have no idea. Cause I, mean, I don't I mean, know. I, mean, either. I saw, I, I mean, what we all read the same articles and, and it's like, if Casey can grip a ball, is he going to try to go out there? And it sounds very Adrian esque, but I mean, I'm just tired of inter- like stupid interceptions over the middle to like guys that are obviously not open, um, you know. And it's like I almost, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, yes, Dave, I am saying run the damn ball. Um, <laughs> I, I know it's shocking to you at this point, but I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Smothers would, might be the best guy to go with because he's going to at least, if anything, with the run game, slow the game down. And yeah, and, really... and he's and he, he's proven he's a. a seems like as, as good of an arm as, as a Chubba. I mean, he, he, does. he threw a couple of really good balls in that fourth quarter, and Trey Palmer should have caught that last one, to be honest with you. So, um, Boomer, what other questions we got there in the mailbag? Well, we've had Surprise a few up. Um, you know, a lot of them did deal with questions on, a, you know, Logan Smothers and, you know, the coach, where we'd go with that. And we've kind of covered some of that. Um you know, we did have a uh, Kurt ask uh, if we do have a coaching hire, we're going to announce it, you know, before the Iowa game, just to give the team something positive to go with, or do you wait till afterwards? Or when do you time a coaching announcement? I mean, I would say it purely depends on who the hire is. Um, I guess if the season's lost by that point, we're not going to a bowl, and you have a coach that is eligible to, to start right away, you might consider that. Um, I don't know that, I mean, that means you're going to do it on Thanksgiving week. That doesn't seem like the best media time. You might actually get better, better run the following Monday anyway. Uh, so I, I, I don't, and if it's a sitting coach, then no, you're going to wait till that coach is available. So I mean, you don't make the hire for, to be a splash. You make the hire for it to be the right hire. 
Well, we hope anyway. we might. Yeah. And then uh, we've also had questions from uh, Mike Schneider on Twitter at uh, Coach Schneider twenty eight. Uh, if you had retained four and only four assistant coaches for the next hire, who would they be and why? Or for the next staff. Mm, Rob, go for that. Well, well, I know who I wouldn't retain. So that pretty much leaves <laughs> everybody else. That simplifies a few things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's hard to say. I guess. I mean, I you, know, it, you know, yeah, stuff because yeah, a lot of it depends on who the new coach is and what he wants to do. I well, mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like. Obviously, Mickey, you know, but is he going to be an assistant coach? Are you going to have him more in like, you know, head of recruiting in, in other areas? Or if he's the head of recruiting, like, he can't go out on the on the road. So well, it doesn't work. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's fair. So and then has to be um, a position coach. Bush, obviously, you know, I, I really do like what he's doing with the defense here in the second half of the season. Um, you know, I, I will say that a lot of the defensive woes that we're having in the second half of games, I don't believe are based off of the fact that the defense is playing poorly. It's just hard to maintain um, the intensity in that yeah. drive. Yeah. Because, because we're going three and out, you know what I mean? Or like five, six plays and then they're off the field and they're not slowing the game down at all, you know, running clock or anything like that. So the defense is just on the field constantly. It feels like so. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, um so back to the question room yeah i know yeah yeah, yeah. i uh, well that i that was part of it because i said bush um i don't know man i well can you put that back up boomer the question itself or like no the, the uh response uh yeah vegas chair uh, said mickey bush rudin apple white apple yeah. white i do think apple white could be interesting obviously he uh, did some good recruiting with those running backs you gotta like um both grant and aj allen um and has those Texas ties. Someone like Gary Patterson, I mean, Apple White would be an obvious uh, continuation of that. I have no idea, though. Rude's interesting. Obviously, Nebraska ties. What what, you, what about, um, like, Fisher? I mean, like, he's up to this year, has been highly regarded as an assistant coach um, from a recruiting and a development standpoint. Um, prior most success um, comes from that, that secondary. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh Man, it, it is tough. He's a frost kind of, guy, so it's been awfully quiet yeah. on that front. What you about know, Rayola? A lot of it, like Rob I mean, said, it's easier to know who you'd get rid of for sure than who you'd definitely want to keep. I mean, you know, there's yeah. there's some people that you know are not going to be here next year. Um, yeah. So, man, yeah, especially yeah, and, picking and, four, yeah. And even Rayola, like, do you want some kind of consistency on the offensive line? I know I realize that, like, that's a, a big weakness for our team that needs a lot of improvement. But, I mean – they haven't played. I mean, I know a lot of people they're they're much maligned, but I don't feel like in a lot of instances, like given the number of injuries they've had and the lack of depth that we obviously have there, like they haven't been terrible. I I, I mean, no, they've been they've been horrible, but it may not be his fault. Yeah, I'll give you that's that. That's what I'm problem. saying. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm not gonna... I, that's why that's why I prefaced it with all those it's, other things before. At you know times I mean? they've like, not been been good, but been I think good, individually, yeah. I think there's been some performances. And yeah. Some of it's hot and cold. To be honest with you, and we don't even have a ton of penalties either, which is like you know, and that's and that's there is that because there's that's just discipline and that's collectively they they have not performed. but some of that might be the offense that we run. I just don't. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It was just like, I'm putting it out yeah. there. That's all. I I don't know. You know. I hear you. I hear you. I mean, Beckton obviously is respected in Georgia. If you want to continue to do the recruiting thing, that could that could happen. Yeah. Good question. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> maybe you know oh. like the positive thinking Vegas Jerry says yeah. that that uh uh having keeping Raiola on staff would get us Dylan but that doesn't seem like that's the case so yeah, there's, there's maybe, plenty his, of maybe his little brother yep yeah so. right plenty all right do. what else we got boomer well that's so far that's pretty much the extent of the, the questions that we've had so uh any more come in we'll definitely throw them out but all right all right all right um well what are we looking forward to on, on Saturday versus Michigan? Uh, we haven't <laughs> launched into the BetCast yet. But... I'm looking forward to waking up in the morning, uh, and drinking some coffee. Like Why Why is this a, a – a, a, uh, was it a 2.30 Central time on ABC? Yeah. I'm like, uh-huh. what in the world? I guess I think people the want to see Michigan team. is what it is. Yeah. 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 It's a helmet game. Yeah, um, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I've you know, I think you you might just hold Casey back and not worry about this game. Uh, let Logan or or, or put Purdy play, and then try to get Casey healthy to try to win one of the last two, just to to you know give a little oomph to the fan base. I don't know. I'm yeah, do 180 percent on that, Dave. I yeah. honestly like he's already hurt. There's no reason to put him out there, even if he's at 85 percent. You know, Mickey likes to always use the line. You know, well, I let the players tell me when they're ready. Well, you know what, Mickey. Step up, be the head coach, and tell him he's not playing. Because I realize you want. Yeah, to I have no idea what his thing, condition but, is, you know. Yeah. So yeah, sorry, and, and especially when it comes to you know like nerve and being able to grip the ball. Yeah. We saw what happened with Vedral and Rutgers. You know when when he was playing yeah. against us, and he had it sounded like a similar situation. Yeah, yeah. He, you just he couldn't throw the ball, and it basically killed their chances in that game, which they could have won yeah. had he been healthy the entire game, and he couldn't, and it it'll kill you. And if if Casey can't throw. I mean, that's a huge, huge problem, especially as the game yeah. goes Maybe on. Maybe address him, you know, give him the illusion. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, there's another question that came up, you know, an article we read earlier today, and, uh, you know, Vegas Jerry references it here when it comes to Smothers. This would burn a red shirt if he plays in this game. He's played four games already. Yeah. So do yeah. you want him to even play in this as well, or does he care? I don't know. Uh, he might, he might not. But, you know, a lot of people thought he'd get a factor already- in your decision. Yeah. that he would be already gone, right? I mean, like, yeah. obviously, like, oh, uh, with this new offensive coordinator, this wouldn't work. But he seemed to be um, very patient, a little bit of a long play here. I mean, it could all yeah. come back. Next year he might have a, a new OC that's back to the running quarterback, and he's in a position to, to start because of just, uh, you know, the experience. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a really good question. If he's looking to transfer, uh, you would think he'd want to save that. But – I get yeah. a sense. I mean, he seems to be just like a team player. I think if he gets called on, he's going to go in there. Oh, I would um, agree. I think if people ask him to play, he'll play. Yeah, but yeah. if you're the coach, do you, do you do that or not? I don't know. So, And, again, it depends whether you think you're going to be back as a staff, whether he's going to be back next year, You know, what role you yeah. see him playing in your team next year. Uh, so a lot I of mean, questions go into that decision, too. It's not Logan easy. perspective, if he is looking to transfer or even wants to play in the next coaching staff, if it's not this one, um, losing the year of eligibility is, is costly in some ways, but you're putting more film on, on tape there to actually, um, you know, make your case to, to be a starter somewhere else or, or with the next coaching staff. So, I mean, uh, you know, it's an opportunity, right? You know, I, I'd be hard to turn that down, I think. Yeah, it'd be pretty vicious. Uh, so. I don't know. A lot of a lot of big decisions that have to be made here. Uh, this is what coaches do as part of being a head coach. So yep, it'll be interesting right. to see the kind of decisions that are made here. And in the yep. game itself, yeah, it's this is 
probably going to be painful. Uh, you know, we looked at the stats. You know, we posted those on Twitter. You know, from Husker Max and uh, what are the only? I think we lead Michigan in three categories out of the two dozen or so that are on there. One is like total passing yardage, is... return yardage, and one is like a uh, kickoff return yardage. Kickoff so return yardage, yeah. Yeah. yeah, not a lot is in our favor as far as just pure numbers go, but well, yeah, you know, you can make numbers mean anything. Chance right? of winning, according to all. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not zero, so there is that. So there's there's a percentage. It, it's tough. Hey, and- Rutgers was up on on Michigan at halftime. Now yeah, they did lose that, that is kind of the one thing. But, with well, we are really good at being up at, on teams. I guess last week we were up on a team. Yeah, Michigan starts games slow for some reason. They I, I kind of I've do. watched them a few times, and I went back and looked at their last few games. Like Rutgers, they were down fourteen to seven at halftime. Sparty, they were only had thirteen to seven. Penn State, they were had sixteen to fourteen. Indiana was ten to ten, and Iowa was thirteen to zero at halftime. But the problem yeah, is they go like, on to win those like games. Fifty, yeah. Problem is they go on to win those games fifty-two to seventeen, twenty-nine to seven, forty-one to seventeen, thirty-one ten, twenty-seven fourteen. By my math. They outscored their last few opponents 100 to three in the second half. So well, they're like a 29 point favorite. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it, this could be one of those games where it's tied at halftime, 10 to 10 or 13 to 10 or something like that. Yeah. So your smart bet here, I'm getting ahead to the betcast, but your smart bet here would be to take Nebraska to cover the first half, and then yeah. take Michigan, bet them at halftime, and take Michigan yep. to cover the. the yeah, pack. that was going to be a bet this week, Dave. Yeah, that would probably be the yeah. way to go if if. I, History I tells did us that. anything. Yeah, that would be the way. To I go. did that last week with Ohio State Northwestern. When Northwestern hey. went up on them, I got got Ohio State under two touchdowns, and sure enough, they only won twenty-one to seven. But I mean, I I mean, halfway through the fourth quarter, when they went up twenty-one seven, I'm like, Northwestern's not going to score again. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, so you know, you, you can get value off of that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, all right, guys. Any if we don't have any more questions, we can go into the betcast. Sounds good. Let's do it. The betcast picks of the week. All right. Let's see if uh, I can find her. No, oh, that, was, that was two weeks. No, that was ago. last week, Dave. Yeah. Do we have one? Uh, we had it. We, up on we the, had uh, one. I, I, I thought. I, you know. Man, this is where a honky comes in. He's so prepared. yeah. This is why we. Yeah, well, oh, we do have a very similar more, graphic yeah. because we went. Well, uh, we I went, mean, I picked TCU again anyway. So that and they were eight and a half this week as well, and they covered. So yeah, we went three and zero. Oh. Um, I, I won Friday night. I don't know what's going on here. Um, yeah, no difficulties. Um. Uh, I won the Friday night uh, game with uh, Washington and Oregon State. Uh, Rob, you won TCU. And Boomer, what did you get? South Carolina over Vanderbilt. So right. That, nice that was a little bit uh, a little bit dicey at the end. But you, yeah, you, they tried to, to blow that for him. They had a nice double-digit lead and then decided to fumble with about a minute and a half left. But yeah, never really worried. So. All right. No concerns now, there. Uh, I don't know what you guys are. I'm now, I believe, seven and four on the year for best. I think so yeah. not bad. Um, 
I had a really good week. Um, I, I, I've been doing some analytics on my, my gambling, um, breaking down what bets have been more successful. And I, I realized this year that um, I'm, I was hitting the total um, either an over or under at like a 70% clip, just like in, but I'm, I'm not good on the spreads. So this weekend I intentionally picked a lot more uh, over unders. Um, I think I had, eight or nine of those uh and only three or four spreads and uh, i went seven and two on my my totals and uh then I, I split my spreads and i think it went like nine and three overall or nine and four overall so um you know actually really paying attention to how you gamble um actually pays dividends literally um go figure yeah all I right still, guys. i still had a winning week with uh just taking money lines on kathy's bets this week so, yeah. <laughs> we met her on the show before the season's over so yeah just, she just we'll have her show her well yeah i mean it's early in the week though so that's the problem she generally doesn't send me her picks till like wednesday or thursday before well she, uh, she does so. the deep analytics by the way I, I found my graphic and and this was this was there the we go yeah hey, look at that there we are yeah look so excellent. Um, yeah, just just call like me that. Honky Junior or whatever you want to. That's all right. <laughs> um, Dave, I'm trying to figure out how you are seven and four on the season, though. Did we start out with more bets in week one than just one single pick? Because well, we had looking. week zero, and I actually, yeah. I'm, I'm the one week we didn't get our bets in. I texted everyone, and I won that one. So I'm going to well, take it because <laughs> that was a. I well, you when you win, you take it. And yeah. I, I made money on it, so I don't really care. So yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm like five and four on the season is where I'm. That's at pretty right good. Now, so. We're all better than Skip. We know that. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, guys, let's move to this week. Uh, last week there was a lot of uh, top twenty-five matchups. You had Tennessee Georgia, which was a bit of a uh, a letdown, but the Alabama LSU game was phenomenal. Um, oh, yeah. Great game. Wonder what? It's so distasteful having to root for Brian Kelly and LSU, but hey. <laughs> And uh, Notre Dame gave us a nice victory over Clemson. Uh, Rob's uh, distaste for Notre Dame this year. Ever since I talked trash about them, they've won both weeks in a row. So there you go. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm like the Nebraska curse, where if you beat us, you you start to lose. Uh, That's right. And if I mention you, you're going to win. That's so. What is on your on your board this week, guys? Well, first one is those same LSU Tigers. Um, They're playing early on Saturday, but they're only. Three-point favorite against Arkansas, fresh off a loss to Liberty, which kind of yeah. surprised me that spread is that low. I think LSU will cover that. That's a, yeah, I'm surprised it's that it's that low of a spread, but it's kind maybe of they're expecting LSU right there, to too much partying. And but I think Arkansas might be thrown in the towel. You know, they, for God's sake, they just lost to Liberty and Hugh Freeze. So that is just <laughs> Hugh Freeze might be the next coach at Auburn. I don't know. Um, well, they no, need the one to yeah. They they do something like that. Yeah. Uh, Purdue, Illinois is a big, big 10 West matchup. Now, Illinois lost last week, but so did Purdue. Um, I don't trust either of those teams. No, no, no. Illinois is uh, just under a touchdown favorite there in Champaign. Um, big line here again, Ohio state. They're a 38 point favorite versus Northwestern last week. They're a 40, 40 point favorite versus Indiana. Uh, they're home though. So, and well, that's a lot of points though. But, you know, they may be trying to make a statement after that, you know, kind of stinker against Hydrox. So if they figure they 
can come out and put a whooping on Indiana, they're, they're going to try to do it. So it just kind of depends yeah. on what you think Indiana can do. So. Yeah. Big, big number. Alabama uh, trying to, to lick their wounds here and um, not have a, a third loss. 11 and a half point favorites over Ole Miss. And these, you know, that. Lane Kiffin. So, yeah. you know, I mean, that's going to be the Saban Bowl. Another Saban Bowl, right? Isn't that like part yep. of the coaching right. tree there? So, I mean, I Kiffin, I wouldn't be surprised just to – I mean, obviously he wants to stick it to, to Saban there. And now that Saban's pretty much out of the playoffs, I mean – you don't know, say let's that yet. Say, how do I, let's well, yeah. Don't say right. it yet. Yeah, don't, don't say, say that yet. They'll figure out some way to put like Alabama at number two with two losses somehow. Yeah, they'll be above TCU yeah. somehow this week. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, oh god. That's let's so see what else we had. Speaking of TCU, they uh, talk about disrespect. Seven point dogs yeah. on the road in Austin. That was going to uh, be undefeated my... at nine and zero and touchdown underdogs. Yeah, it seems Texas. like. Every week, Vegas is just waiting for them to not rally in the second half like they've been doing yeah, week in and week out. Down I, I don't know how they do it, but they do. So, yeah, a lot of guys. Um, I was listening coming home last night from my uh, trivia night driving home, and there's a betting, there's a betting radio show on a, a that, that kind of starts talking about the early lines, and that was the one. They're like, hey, if you're gonna if you're gonna uh, bet the house this week, you know, he, one guy was like, hey man, can I borrow like a thousand bucks to put on TCU this week? Like that's the that's the play that for the week. Um, that was actually going to be the one that I brought up, Dave. Is uh, last night it was it was six and a half. Um, mm. It's at seven yep. now. Is that what you said? Yep. So yeah. So that on he said he said yeah. by the day by the time the day comes around, it's going to be around seven and a half, eight and a half, eight and a half points. I think because they a lot of people. If you could get that under a touchdown, it's always. Yeah. Um, that'd be Texas. I mean, it's going up with TCU. You might as well wait. It. You know, if it's actually going to move to eight, you're going to get more yeah. points. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. Um, Texas did beat K State. Uh, K State goes to Waco this week, so. Um, the Chris Kleiman versus Dave Aranda, you know, matchup there. And uh, Baylor uh, had that bad loss versus West Virginia earlier in the year. They lost to BYU. They're now six and three. They beat Oklahoma, uh, favored at home versus K State. Whoever wins this is seven and three. Um, so that's a good matchup. Yeah. yeah. And a couple other ones, I guess I was eyeballing. Um, they're, the spreads are basically toss ups at this point, they're about one to one and a half points. You've got the Big 12 dumpster fire bowl now of Iowa State and Oklahoma State. You know, two teams that have just really disappointed, you know, where they're yeah. at at this point. Yeah. And I, I'm not sure where I'd bet on that one, but it was one I was eyeballing. And then a, a Big 10 West one, Wisconsin and Iowa. You know, Wisconsin's a one and a half point mm-hmm. dog, but the over under on that is about 36. And both teams kind of have almost found offense in the last couple of weeks. You know, I might almost consider taking the over on that. They might both start sniffing 20 points possibly you know and that that could could go over so that's what i was bold bold decision there cotton it is but they've both been (laughs) scoring somehow so i I don't know how i was been doing it wisconsin mertz suddenly has started to become a serviceable quarterback so hey hey, rob have you uh decided to come come over to the academy underside next time one comes up yeah you you want to buy into my yeah, Dave. All right. You were right, Dave. You were right. It happens. Since 2005, 43-9-1. Yes, I, I know, I know, I know. I just Academy I looking, unders. That's it's my bad for looking at the numbers. Speaking of numbers, here's it, that there's my segue. The game that's really interesting to me is the North Carolina Wake Forest game. Wake 
North Carolina is eight and one. Wake Forest is what six and three, and they're actually a three and a half point favorite at home versus North Carolina. But the over under on that game is 76 and a half. So, wow. Yeah. So they're uh, expecting some scoring to happen there, and they probably think it's going to come down to a field goal at the end. Like I saw that. Like if it was like a over under forty two and a and a spread of three and a half, I was gonna wonder if they accidentally mixed an NFL game in there or something. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, so, I, I'm glad you brought that game up, Rob, because North Carolina is an interesting story this year. I mean, they yeah. lose early. Brett Ciancia um, sure missed that one by a year, didn't yeah, he? By a year, and then and then they um, have really. I mean, their defense has played better. They're still not great, but it's more competent. And uh, now they're seven and one. And um, eight are one. in kind of eight, eight and one, one. in dri- yeah. somewhere in the driver's seat there in the ACC. Yeah. And you know, this is Mac Brown's fourth year. There's a good example, just like someone saying, like, like someone like Gary Patterson is, is too old and, and out. Mac Brown was kind of washed up at Texas, took several years off in the in the TV booth, and he comes back and he, he had a, a down year last year a little bit, you know. But I mean, this is you know, a, a second really good season there. And uh, the guy's like, I don't know, like 70 or something. He's right? going to be so, in the I mean, 70s, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, a good coach is a good coach. They know how to organize and set, set everything up, you know. So um, just just throwing it out there. So No, I, yeah, it's a, it's it's an interesting game. Um, I honestly, up until like a couple of weeks ago, I hadn't really paid any attention to North Carolina. And then all of a sudden they had, there was a game on. I was they like, keep winning? I was like, they're what? I think at the time they were 6-1. and one, And I was just like, what? What? Like, yeah. Yeah, like it, it kind of blew my mind. It, they're, they're sneaky good this year and kind of surprised they're three-and-a-half-point dogs at Wake Forest. So that should be interesting. It'll be a yep. good game. All right, guys. <laughs> Anything else on, on the card? I don't know. What's so funny, Dave? You, you got yourself a little Breaking news, Mac Brown in Nebraska. Oh. Hilarious. He's <laughs> breaking new coaches all, all game or all shows. So yeah, pretty exciting stuff here. <laughs> You're going to hear first from the Redcast. Uh, that's right. That's right. Absolutely. Uh, all right, guys. Let's get out of here with some parting shots. Uh, let's start with Rob. Well, he took off already, and and uh, I just want to give a shout out. You know, Honky and I made a donation. We, we pulled our money together, made a donation to uh, the Bits of Broken Chair trophy uh, contest with Minnesota, which I believe Nebraska ended up winning. Um, and after – Five not the football game, but not the, the football game, but the donation, but the actual donation. Yeah. And, and, uh, after five other people basically declined to accept, uh, the prize honky. And I got an email today basically saying, Hey, you guys won the drawing or next in line for the drawing for a free round of golf at the TPC twin cities next year. Awesome. And, um, you know, and, and hockey's not much a golfer. You, Dave, you know, I like to golf and, and you know, yeah. playing a lot more this year than I've played any other year. Um, and so I'm pretty excited because we're actually going to play. It looks like we've we've already, like, got a chat going and everything. Um, we're going to play the Wednesday before the Minnesota game. Um, so August 30th, we'll be playing golf. September 1st, we'll be at Minnesota um, yep, and watching the Huskers right. open the season against um, against Minnesota in the Thursday night game. And, um, you know, we're, I'm, I'm pretty excited. Hopefully the twins are in town and I can catch a ball game before I headed home and I'll be home for the weekend, which is even better. You know what I mean? Right. I, I just, I can just call it a work trip, right? Cause my daughter already thinks <laughs> this is my job. So I might as well just, uh, 
you know, head That's out. Good. But yeah, big thanks to to Jeremy because he he's a member there at the TPC Twin Cities and and very uh, cool, you know. And he offered up this round of golf, and I think what we're going to end up doing is playing with the president of the uh, Broken Chair Trophy Foundation. Um, as well. Great. So that's going to be, you know, Hey, you know, like building some friendships and some connections and getting to watch some football too. So that's going to be a great time. Cool. All right. Boomer, what do you got? No, just congrats on uh, winning after being the fifth or sixth, fifth, fifth or sixth option there, guys. So what a, thank you. Win. Yeah. Hey, you know what, man? So we might you know get what, our fifth or sixth option as coach too. You know? I was like, yeah. just fine. And I was my wife's like 10th option before we got married. So <laughs> yeah, makes sense. So yeah, sometimes that's what you got to She's go still with. vetting others actually, Rob. Yeah, she, I, I know. I know. She's going to be like Lincoln that, Riley so, and just yeah. announce she's leaving at one point to go something better. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Well, my shout outs to uh, Nebraska basketball, but in this case, the actually ranked Nebraska women's basketball, uh, who opened their season today as well, just crushing University of Nebraska Omaha, I believe, uh, 136. So yeah, that is impressive. That was some solid, uh, solid basketball. They're just defensively, were just dominating. I think they held UNO to like shooting 21%, which is not good. That's about the way I would shoot. And yeah, yeah, they like everybody pretty, pretty hit solid. a three point shot. Is that right, Boomer? Yeah. Yeah. So it was, yeah, they look good all around. So, I mean, that's a nice way to start the season and I'm pretty excited to see what they can do. I mean, they had a good season last year. They're fun to watch and yeah, it should be more than ever. So, yeah. And they scored a hundred points without taking a free throw. So if that tells you anything, how good they were. So that's pretty good way amazing. to start the season. So there's at least some excitement in Nebraska basketball, you know, both ends. So get out and enjoy it when you can. So. Absolutely. All right. And you can have beer while you watch it. So. And it does That's look right. like the Twins are home while we're there, so I might just fly out Tuesday, catch a night game for the Twins. We're or vacation catch a planning night. on the show. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think Skip is trying to 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 get on in this too. But we, you know, we'd love to meet up with him because he's actually going to be in Minnesota, and he can come out for the uh, Twins game at least. Can I go and skip golf altogether? Yeah, come hang out, yeah. Boomer. Come with That'll us. Work, yeah. Last time you were there, you needed like a warm jacket and a flask, and all, you and the ten other people at the game were enjoying. I don't it, know if right? I could be yeah. allowed to go. Uh, obviously, I've got my losing. Dave, you streak. can travel. You have like a felony arrest or something. You can't cross the. Well, state I just can't go to the game. I feel like everybody's going to blame me if we lose. If yeah, because I had coach. It wasn't me. Be my fault. You know, it no, wasn't. Love, and it we wasn't lost me. last time I went too, Dave. So it doesn't matter. Oh, well, okay. the best part. The best part about that game is I'm going to go to the game in Minnesota, which just found out today. And my wife was like, "Have fun, whatever." But the very following week, I get to go to a Nebraska game. I don't even have to leave home other than to go to the game because I can just drive over to Boulder. So it's, oh my God, it's, um, we are obviously going to be doing, doing that, you know, um, who knows, I might even, for, might even put in for some press passes for that game. So, all right, guys, good stuff. Fun talking to you. Um, hopefully we get honky back at some point, but if not, we will continue this conversation uh, the next few weeks until we get our, our head coach. Uh, for now, let's call that a go big red cast. Go big red. Huda Media Production.